0: Welcome to track number three of Expect Great Things. Hallelujah.
1: Wow. Are you enjoying Ida's music? Do you want more? All right. Okay. Sit down, sit down. expect great things from God Jonah chapter 1 Jonah expect great results from a life of preaching the word of God Amen I want everybody To know that the word of God is very powerful. And so you must expect great things from a life of preaching the word of God. Jonah chapter 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and Cry against it, but Jonah rose up to flee, and to Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof and went down to it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. There are some people when they are called and they are sent. Their response is to do something different. But I want you to know today that you can never run away from God. The call of God never goes away. Yeah. The call of God never goes away. So, like Ida was saying, you remember the time when God called you? When he spoke to you? You said, I'll go to the ends of the world. You cannot run away from the call of God because it's greater than any other job you can ever have. Don't deceive yourself. Preaching is not on the same scale as being a carpenter or being a doctor or being a pharmacist or being a computer scientist. Preaching is in a different category. It is the work of God. Even when you work in the government... You know, you have so many things that go with that work. So many, so many things that go along with it. Yeah. How much more if you work for God? All the angels are deployed on your behalf. You are safe because of the angels of the Lord. So if during this meeting you are called and asked to go somewhere, or after this meeting, you are called and asked to go somewhere. Remember Jonah. Remember Jonah. Jonah was not expecting anything great from going down to uh, Nineveh. He thought it was not a good enough job for him, so he decided to go somewhere else. All fools, slow to believe. Amen. Pastor Collins could easily have said that he is not expecting anything great by coming to Guyana from Holland. True. But I'm trying to tune your mind to expect and believe and think that the kingdom of God is great. And greater than anything else that exists. It is greater than carpentry. Greater than being a plumber. Greater than being a lawyer. Greater than being a president. It's a demotion for me to become a president. It's a very steep demotion. To become a president of of, of my country. Yeah. I, I would no matter how you offer me that I will never take such a job. Yes. Ah! To lower myself from preaching about being born again. Except a man is, I should should lower myself and go and speak about agriculture and education and, and what? You are joking. Never insult me with such an offer. Never lower me to talk about the economy. I'm talking about something far higher. And if you die, if you die, you will see. When they die, when people die, they call pastors. You see, there is no job. One day, one of my young guys was going to be, wanted to marry a a, a lady. And uh, he went to see the uh, father of of the of the person. And uh, the father said to him, well, you are going to be a pastor. You want to marry my daughter? He said, well, I know as you're going to be a pastor, maybe you may not be so rich and whatever. But what I would say is that there is no job where the, ba- the bank manager will kneel down in front of you. Except a pastor. Yes or a president will kneel down or a president's wife will kneel down there's no job true if you are a bank manager and your client comes in will the the client kneel down never never if you are even as a doctor you can't tell your patient kneel down there have to be a good reason to kneel down Are you there? So ladies and gentlemen, but for a pastor, you see, because you represent God. You say, kneel down, let me pray for you. Once I was in a certain country and I met with the king's wife. And I I remembered this, what this guy said. And the king's wife wanted me to pray for her. And I remember that only it's the only job that the king or his wife will kneel down is the pastor. So when it was time to pray, I said to her, kneel down. And she, she quickly knelt down. And I thought that, no, I'm in the highest job. I said, "I'm I'm in the highest job. I'm in the highest job. Hallelujah. So Jonah was not expecting anything great out of his calling to be a preacher. He went rather to do business in Tarshish. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. And there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God. Hey. And they started throwing things out, but Jonah had gone down and he was fast asleep. The shipmaster came to him and said to him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise and call upon thy God. How can you sleep at this time? If so be that God will think upon us and we perish. No, everybody should call his God. Some people upstairs are calling on their God. Some on this side they are calling. Everybody is calling his God. And they said, Everyone to his followers, Let us cast lots so that we may know for whose cause. This evil life, which passenger here is actually causing this accident? Because sometimes only one passenger like divine destiny is to kill that particular person, and you have joined the same bus with that person. <laughs> you join the same aeroplane with somebody, yes. When you are close to somebody, it's possible that you and that person can easily die on the same day. Yes. because you, you may be somewhere together. You may all get Ebola together. Or you may all die in the same accident. Yeah. And there may be one particular person that is supposed to die and you've also joined. So they, these people knew these things. And they said, there is one passenger. Who is that? Let's cast lots and find who is the disobedient person. There is somebody here who the cast is following. The, the way the wind is blowing us. Hey. And the castle, and it fell on Jonah. And they, they called and said, come. Stand here at the window. What have you done? Are you a murderer? Are you a thief? chasing you? What is it? What is your country? What's your occupation? What people are, what type of person are you? This thing has fallen on you. Hey. And he said unto them, please, I'm not a murderer. I'm not a thief. I am a Hebrew. I fear the Lord. And the people were afraid. And, uh, he said, why have he done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord. He told them, look, God called me some years ago. I've run away from God. That is why I'm about to die. I'm about to die. We are, And all of you are dying with me. You are all dying with me. Because you are in the same boat. I'm actually the only one supposed to die, but... Because you are in my fellowship. Wow. Wow. You will not flee from the presence of the Lord. Then they said to him, So what should we do now? And he said, Take me and cast me into the sea. And the sea will be calm. Because I know that for my sake, this great tempest has come. Nevertheless, the people didn't want, because when you see the sea, I don't know if you see, it looks calm when you are far. When you are in it, you'll see, you'll be in a boat. This is the level. And the wave will be up like this here. And you come down and up far around you. You'll be in it like, like a cup, a tea cup. You are small in it. It's very scary. Once I was on a motorcycle, this one that can um, go on the water. I didn't know that is how the sea was. (laughs) It looked very quiet to me. And I went, "Ah! (laughs) far My little son was sitting behind me. And they had really pestered me to take them on that motorbike. But when we were there, you see the wave coming like this. And I'm on a scooter. In the sea, the ocean. And it's too good like this. That is why the people, when Jonah said, throw me in the water, they said, oh, it's very wicked to throw you in the water. So they decided to delay. And far out of the sea, I decided to turn around calmly. And the way the motorcycle was, not too sharp a turn. Because if it's too sharp, it will, it will turn over. And it's, it's a motorcycle. So I turned gently. I said, Lord, grant me a gentle turning <laughs> through the waves. And I came back. But when I got back, my son, there are two. He went off. <laughs> Since that day, he has never, he has never gone near or asked never again. (laughs) That was it. They were just quiet. (laughs) Hey! Hmm. So you see now, Jonah, the guys, they wanted to kill him, but they said no. Whether they cried on the Lord, let us not perish for this man's life. And don't, don't let lay this innocent blood to us. In other words, if they also kill him, you know, then they will also be in a curse. People feared God in those days to shed blood. How? So, they threw him. When they threw him, the sea became calm. And they looked out of the boat to see if they could see Jonah. They couldn't see him. They just saw the the tail of a big whale (whistles) going. That was it. It was gone. (whistles) Now the Lord had prepared a big fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and nights. Every fish that is prepared for you to swallow you will not have you either for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. In Jesus' name. Because you will obey the word of God. Amen? Amen. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord and said, I cried by reason of my affliction. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. Thou hast cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas. Three days he was inside the stomach of the whale. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. Verse 7. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee. Verse 10. No, verse 9. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that which I have vowed. Salvation is the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited out Jonah. I see the Lord speaking to every fish that has taken you up to vomit you out in the name of Jesus. Then, verse chapter 3, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach. The first calling has not changed. Preach unto it the preaching that I bid So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city of three days journey. That means it take three days to walk through the length and breadth of Nineveh. And Jonah began to enter the city a day's journey and he cried and said, In 40 days, Nineveh will be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God. They were not slow to believe. They were not slow to be. They were not fools. You will not be a foolish person again. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne and he laid his rope on him and covered him with a sackcloth and sat in ashes. Even the king repented and he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king. Let neither man or beast, head or flock taste anything. Let them not eat or drink. Even animals should fast. Let all animals and beasts be covered with sackcloth and let them cry mightily to God. Verse 9. Who can tell if God will turn and repent? And turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not. And God saw their works. And they turned from their evil way. And God repented. Repent means to change his mind. Change his mind towards the evil that he had said he would do unto them. And he did it not. Verse 4. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, "Ah, I pray thee, O Lord, Was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before thee unto Tarshish. You see, the thing hadn't gone out of him. I knew that thou art a gracious God, merciful and slow to anger. Of great kindness. And therefore now, Lord, take my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then the Lord said, Doest thou well to be angry? And Jonah went out and sat on the east side of the city and then made him a booth. And sat under it in the shadow. Till he might see what to become of the city. And the Lord prepared a gourd. A gourd. Alright. The Lord appointed a plant. And it grew up over Jonah. To be a shade over his head. And to deliver him from his discomfort. And Jonah was extremely happy about the plant. But God appointed a worm. When dawn came the next day. And it attacked the plant. And it withered. Hey. Then when the sun came up, God appointed a, a east wind. All these are appointed messengers Oh, The plant was a messenger. The worm was appointed. The wind was also appointed. And the sun beat down on Jonah said, and he became faint. And he begged all his soul saying, let me die. Death is better than life. Then God said to Jonah, do you have a good reason to be angry about the plants? And he said, I have good reason to be angry even to death. Then the Lord said, you have compassion on the plants for which you did not work and you did not cause to grow. Which came up overnight and perished overnight. Should I not have compassion on Nineveh, the great city, where there are more than 120,000 people who do not know the difference between their right hand and their left, as well as many animals? Hallelujah. 120,000. Do you have islands with 120,000 people? Do you have islands with 120,000 people? Yes. Who don't know the left from their right? You see, what it is is that people do not realize that preaching is a very great thing. And that it has great effects. So that sometimes you are even amazed at the effect of your preaching. And sometimes you do not expect preaching to have a certain effect when you preach, you don't expect that this preaching is going to even change people's lives so much. So when God sends you, you don't even want to go. Yeah. It's like, it's like as if you are wasting your life. You cannot waste your life on preaching. You must expect great results, great changes, great things to happen as a result of you preaching the word of God. Preaching is preaching is the greatest job preaching is the highest job preaching is the work which has the greatest effects on the lives of people that is why when jesus christ came to this world he came here not to start a university or to build a hospital amen he came here to preach If I was coming to this country to build a beautiful cardiothoracic center. Do you know what a cardiothoracic center is? Like to do heart surgery, operating on the heart. Maybe the president would have met met with me and maybe given me some land and even some gifts and some other things whilst I'm here. Cause it looks like i'm coming to do something great but if i come i'm just bringing the bible i'm just coming to preach it's like what is that What is what is the use of preaching is it not just to make yourself rich pastor are you not just getting money for yourself wow no preaching is a very great job And when God became a man, and when God became the son of God and came to this world and came to this earth to minister to us, the work he did was preaching. Yes, preaching, talking to people. Sometimes when a pastor says he wants to rest, sometimes on Mondays is your pastor's day off. Then church members will call you and say, Can I come to the house just to see you for a few minutes? That seeing you for the few minutes is the work. Are you listening to me? Because the work of a pastor is to talk. So when he is talking to people, he is working. When he is preaching, he is working. But people don't realize that it is work. And it is the greatest work. And you should expect great things. Jonah was not expecting great things. Even after it happened and great things happened. He was even angry that great things had happened. (laughs) Why why have they changed? Why have they changed? I only came here because I was drowning in the sea. And the drowning experience is what drove me here. But I, I was not expecting this thing to have such an effect. That the king would change. This person would change. That person would change. Yes. When I gave my life to do this work, I have had to convince people along the way that it's the great work. Starting from my own house. Yes. I have to convince my wife that it's a great work. Not that she doesn't believe that it's a great work. She did. She has always believed in a great work. Some wives don't help their husband, but my, my wife has helped me. Yeah. So. But what happens is that when your wife, you are a pastor, and your wife even goes, maybe she goes to work in the secular world, and can, she can easily send the pastor, like, can you pick up some meat from the shop? Can you pick the children? Can you go to the market? Can you do this? Can you defrost the fish? Can you put some rice on the fire? Can you cut the vegetables to prepare for the stew? The food that I'm going to make. And they, they, they will even send, because like you are sort of like you are around. So, I had to establish myself in the house, that I am working when I'm praying. And when I'm reading my Bible and praying and preparing and doing whatever, I am actually working. It is work. And it's a great work. Then the servants in my house, I had to also teach them. Well, if you have to believe it yourself. Then you have to teach the people around you that it is a great thing. When they see me in my study, never come and call me there. Yeah, No matter what, the well can be falling down, don't call me. So I made a sign and I put it, stuck it on my study. It said, if you knock on this door and receive no response from within, do not continue knocking or call for me. If you do anything that contradicts this simple instruction. Be it known unto you that this door will not be opened to you. No matter who you are. Yes, what a sign. Because I'm doing a great work. And they want to call me and send me and tell me somebody has come. This person, that person. No. You have to convince the people around you that you are doing the greatest thing, which is having the greatest effect. When I started having crusades, I had to convince the people around me never to speak, even say hello to somebody when I'm preaching. They shouldn't speak. They shouldn't have any meeting. And when I'm standing on the stage, my, I'm always scanning the field. Anybody that I see talking behind me, on the side, because that is the great work that I've started to do. I don't need casualness, attitudes, whatever around me when I'm doing my great work. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, Christians don't know how great it is to preach. That's why we have pastors today saying all kinds of negative things about preaching and doing all kinds of business and all other kinds of work because preaching has been like it's not such a great thing. Yes. I told, I, I said, look, when I'm preaching, when I'm praying for the, whatever I'm doing, from the moment I start, never speak, don't speak, don't have meetings. I don't want it. Any discussion, it is an offense to me. I'll call you out from the pulpit. And I'll deal with you after. I'll sack you. Oh yes. When I started traveling, when I, like I'm traveling now, I'm having meetings. I can't afford People sleeping. Let's say I came with this girl, and then he's pulled down his head like this, turn around like this, like this. No, bend, your, bend your neck like this, he slept, and this one is also like this. As as I am preaching, and then look at the people sleeping like this. How can this be possible? Then it it affects my ability to preach. Somebody should come and take a picture of them. What they are telling me is that I should round up my preaching and that it's a bit long winded, and that I need to get over with it and get on to the next point and then round up and close at the appropriate time. I cannot have people sleeping around me to confuse me. As soon as I see that I become confused in my preaching, my train of thought changes, and I'm not able to deliver the very important message I came to deliver. I can't afford it. I can't. I know they know everything, but I can't afford to have that. I'm sorry. I hope you understand. It's not that like I'm strict. I'm not, I'm not very strict. I'm not very strict. If you come around, you say that there's not so much strictness. But only that you can't stop me from the main thing I came to do. I can't stop that thing. I can't stop the main thing. Understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. People don't know that preaching is a very, very, very. Even Jonah, it wasn't expecting any changes. He came to say, say this, that you would die. And then, to his surprise, everybody changed. It's like, ah. And that is the anointing, that, that the anointing of Jonah is a special anointing to convert whole cities. Yes. Yes. 120,000 with the king. <laughs> It's not a small thing. I see the preaching, the anointing of Jonah coming on you. Yes. Wow. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? Yeah. So brothers and sisters, expect great things from a life of preaching. Expect it. Expect, look at me standing here preaching. Come on, man. Oh, it's better to preach than to be a doctor. I cannot compare the two. If I came and I'm a doctor, I'm a doctor, all of you come. Let me check your eye. Let me check your nose. I mean, what is that? It's not powerful. It's, It's nothing. So please expect great things from a life of preaching the word of God. Expect great things. Expect to travel all over the world. Expect to be in many nations. Start writing every nation you've ever preached in. Like for me, I'm adding one more country today because I've never preached in Guyana. I'm adding Guyana today. So I don't know how many countries I've preached in. If I preach in 30 countries, it's 31 today. I don't know how many are preaching, but I'm sure my secretary will calculate it for me. Wow. How many nations have you preached in? No nation? None. No nations. Even in England, you've not preached? One. One. One? And any other place? No. Only one nation. Father, thank you that He's going to preach in 100 nations. In Jesus' name. 100 nations means 100 flights, 100 visas. One hundred journeys and sometimes transit. Yes. To come here I had to go to London, then to Miami, then to uh I had to go to London, then I had to go to Miami, then I had to go to Kingston, then I have to go to Georgetown, then I have to go to what is the next place? Port of Spain, then I have to go to Miami then I have to go to London, then I have to go to Munich before I go home. Just for these camps. Yeah. Yeah. I have to go to so many places. To to be a preacher, is is, is like, I don't know how, there is no job that is in that category. Yes. No, it's called the high calling of God. Yeah. So, don't, 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 don't lower, don't lower your estimation and your expectation. Expect great things. Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. Let's read from verse 10. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven. Wow. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven. And returneth not. But watereth the earth. And maketh it bring forth and bud. That it may give seed to the sower. And bread to the eater so shall my word be that goeth forth. Hallelujah. Out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Hallelujah. So shall my word be that goeth out of my mouth. This is the word of God. This is how the word of God is. When it goes out of the mouth of God. It will not return empty. It will not return having not accomplished anything. It will accomplish what God pleases that it should accomplish. Even if the person doesn't get saved. It, that's what pleases the Lord. It has accomplished what he pleases. And it shall prosper. In the thing where to, I sent it. So once you deliver the word, it prospers in the thing where to you have sent it. That's how the word of God, that's how preaching is. Preaching accomplishes great things. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Preaching is the greatest job. It, 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 the accomplishment is to send the word out. Many times I've been surprised at the effects of meetings and camps, and teachings that I've had. Amen. Amen. Because it is so, the effect sometimes surprises me. Yeah, Yeah, the effect of the word surprises me. And I'm not surprised at Jonah's reaction. Sometimes you preach, you think it has no effect. One day I went to a rich man's house and he's told me he does not believe in God you know but I told him I told him some things and I just left it one of the things I told him was that he's backslidden. I'm sure nobody had told him that before I said you are backslidden. then I told him that you have really fulfilled the scripture to me I said what, do you, he said, what do you mean? I said, I mean, the Bible says that it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go to heaven. He said, I don't agree. I said, well, that's what the Word of God says. He said, he doesn't agree. I said, well, that's what the Word of God says. A few years later, I saw him, and then he said to me, I said to him, I noticed some softening in your stance. He said, how do you know? I said, I can sense it. And, and I said, yeah, I, I, I can see that you are softening your stance about God. And I could see that he was changing his attitude. Yeah. Later on, when there was something that a pastor was needed, he called for me. He has never been to my church, but he called for me. One day I went to, I sat down and I memorized Lazarus and the rich man. And I just sat with him. I said, I want to share something with you. And I quoted the whole story. He was sitting here. I was sitting here, the two of us, alone. You see, the word of God, it is power. It looks as if it doesn't work. But the Bible says that, so shall my word be, that goeth out of my, my mouth. It shall not return void. like It will never go and then it hasn't got an effect. It shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. One day I preached at a wedding of my friend. I was a young man. I was much younger. I think 20s or early 30s. And this man was 70 or 80 years old, sitting there. And I preached, you must be born again at the wedding. And I did altar call. After the wedding, we all went to the house for the reception. And I was standing there with some friends. When he called, he had, oh, his hair is finished. His hair is gone. Everything's white. He just he put his finger and I said, come. come. I was a pastor with my collar and I said, come. I went to him, yes, sir, sir, yes, sir. He said, "Young man, let let me tell you something. What you preach today, I just want I want you to know something. I am an Anglican, okay, and I will never be born again." He said, "He said, I want you to know that I will never change. Never. And I will never be born again. What you are saying, I will never." I did an altar. How many want to be born? He was sitting there hardened. I said, thank you, sir. And I went away. Ten years later, there was another wedding. And this man came for that wedding as well. It was was related to this 10 years later. Now he was either 80 or 90. And he was sitting there. So I told Bishop Saki, guess who is in church today? And I said, I will never be born again. It's sitting right there. And I said, well, no problem. I got another opportunity. I preached powerfully. You must be born again. I said, if you are here today and you want to be born again, you want to give your life to Christ, lift up your hand. Do you know who lifted up his hand? I will never be born again. Lifted up his hand like this. He lifted up his hand. And two other older men by him. Lifted up their hands too. All three of them. They were all, they were all born again that day. And after he didn't call me or anything. I just went on. I led them to Christ. Yes. I've led heads of state to Christ. I said, say this after me. Say this after. When I say, Today I give my life, the man will be saying, I give my life to Jesus. Like that. Yeah. So shall my word be. It's a very powerful job to be a, 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 a giver of the word, a preacher. It's a very, so expect great things from your life and ministry of preaching. Expect to meet presidents. I said, expect to meet presidents, mayors, important people in society. You meet Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea and all these guys. Yeah, they will all be in your life and your ministry. In Jesus' name. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Verse 1. Now, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, hmm, they were all in one place, and there came a sound of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared, okay, tongues of fire. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Verse 5, they were dwelling at Jerusalem, devout men. Verse 6, this was noise abroad. Verse 7, they were all amazed. And they said, Are these not Galileans? How hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? Wow. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, in Egypt, parts of Libya, Cyrene, Rome, Jews, Proselytes, Cretes, Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongues. The wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed. In doubt, saying to one another, what means this? Others, of course, were mocking. Saying, these guys are drunk. But Peter, 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 Peter. Started his preaching profession. That was his initiation. You will be initiated in a glorious way in Jesus' name. Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and listen to my words. These men are not drunken as he supposed. seeing it's but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. He was quoting some scriptures. You must know some scriptures when you are a Christian. It shall come to pass in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all your sons and daughters, your flesh, your sons and daughters will prophesy young men will see visions your old men shall dream dreams and all my servants and all my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy and I will show wonders in heaven above signs in the earth beneath blood, fire, smoke, vapor hey, hallelujah the sun shall be turned into darkness the moon into blood before that great and terrible day clap for Peter, he's preaching powerfully Say, preach it Peter, preach it Peter and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved ye men of Israel, hear me I'm speaking about Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth a man approved of God among you by miracles, signs and wonders which God did by him in the midst of you as you yourselves know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and the foreknowledge of God, you have taken him by wicked hands, have crucified and slain say, say preach it Peter come on, amen, amen, amen preach on, preach on, say Peter say, Peter say whom God has raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. Hallelujah! For David speaketh concerning him. I first saw the Lord before my face, on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. Because thou would not leave my soul in hell, neither would thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Hallelujah! Glory to God! That has made known to me the ways of life; that shall make me full of joy. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulchre is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn an oath that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on His throne, he sees this before the spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus, I'm speaking about Jesus today. Jesus, God has raised from the dead and we are all witnesses. Therefore, being at the right hand of God and exalted, we have received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost. He has shed forth this, which he now see and hear. For David is not ascended into heavens, but he said, The Lord said to my Lord, sit down on my right hand until my make thy foes, thy foes too. Therefore, let the house of Israel know assuredly, today as I speak here, as you are listening to me, 3,000 of you here, That God hath made that same Jesus. Whom you crucified. He has made him the one you crucified. He is now Lord of Lords. And King of Kings. Now when they heard this. They were pricked in their heart. And they said unto Peter. "Eh? Men and brethren. What shall we do? Then Peter said unto them. Repent if you want to give your life to Christ. Repent. And you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and your children, and to all who are afar off. And with many other words, he did testify, saying, Save yourself now. Wow. wow. Then they that gladly received his word and baptized, the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. What a great effect of preaching. 3,000. Thousand souls. Everyone here will be used to win at least three thousand souls. Everybody here, either directly or indirectly, will be used to win at least three thousand souls from your career of preaching in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name 3,000 souls Peter himself was shocked he's used to 12 he's been 12 for a long time 3 years there have been 12 members remember remember Since he was appointed the head of the fellowship. There have been 12 members. Wow. There is coming a day. There is coming a day. Things are going to change. Things are going to change. The promises of the father to you. Will be fulfilled. Thousands will be saved. Thousands will be saved. Thousands will be changed. Just from you and your life. In your ministry, wow, what a great blessing! Expect great things from a life of preaching. Yeah, there are certain things which Jesus did which tell us what is the best job. The best job is the job of preaching, amen. That's the best job. Yeah. So, you know what? I, I want to tell anybody. Uh, any, any of you here from the Bible school? We came to the Bible school. Lift your hand. Lift your hand. Lift your hand. Yeah. Let me tell you something. That's the best job. So, rather be good at it. Where's Keith? Are you at Keith? Okay. That's Douglas right here. Okay. Now, that's the best job. So be good at it. There's no one who can do well without being a good preacher. You must be a delicious preacher. Yeah, like, like your, your food is delicious. Like people, people like your food. Yeah, and then any owner of a restaurant must come up with good food. That, that is the key. And also constantly good food. That's the secret of McDonald's hamburger. McDonald's hamburger is not the best hamburger. Do you have McDonald's here? Okay, KFC. You have KFC? They've left? Oh. Popeyes. Popeyes. Do you have it in Trinidad? Do you have McDonald's in Trinidad? KFC? Okay, KFC is not the nicest chicken in the world, but it is constant. Yes. McDonald's is not the best hamburger. The secret of McDonald's is that it's the same. Always is constant. Like when you go to the wild, one day I went somewhere and uh, it was raining and the streets were flooded. I mean, I've seen flooded places, but it was like normal for them. Everybody comes out of how house to swim. Like you just swim across. <laughs> All the children were swimming. Yeah, in that country. Yes. It was, it was like a swimming, like, like normal. Just paddles and pools up to a certain level. And it was normal. Everybody was feeling them. And I was hungry. I'd come there to preach and I was hungry. And suddenly I saw McDonald's sign. And I said, at least I know how it is going to taste. It's going to be at least like this. So the secret of it, I said, you know something, they'll say, we have this, this, they were mentioning this far. I said, you know what, I have not tested that food. Let us go to this McDonald's, which at least is guaranteed. Your preaching will be guaranteed to be a certain quality. Yes. And you must have good music as well. Yes. Delicious music goes with delicious preaching. (laughs) Honey, honey, I love you. Wow. Wow. Yes. I've always had good music around me when I preach because it brings the anointing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you must develop your ability to preach properly. Yeah. Some of you are not delicious preachers. You are boring preachers. Yes. You are boring preachers. Yeah. You can have good, delicious preaching without power. it's, It's like a different thing from being a powerful preacher. You can have preaching that is not delicious, but it's very powerful. Yeah. And, and and that works. But if you have delicious preaching plus power, you have it's like a plane with two engines. Are you there or you're going home? Yeah. Develop your skill. Or preaching. People don't know. You see, like, you, you go to a nursing school, you become a nurse. Yeah. Medical school, you become a, nurse, a doctor. Law school, you become a lawyer. Carpentry school, you become a carpenter. All the different schools, you become that thing. And each, from a certain point onwards, it's not about what you know, but it's like a skill that you have. Do you see? It's a skill that you are trained to have. So, for instance, in medicine... Now, they train you so much that they can specialize in the eyes. Like you're a doctor only for the eyes. Then some doctors will be specialized over that. They are the doctor for the right eye only. Hey! Hey. 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 A doctor of only the right eye. And a doctor of only the left eye. Look look into somebody's eyes and see what I'm talking about. Then you can have a doctor for the black part of the eye and the white part is... uh, I'm not a doctor of the white side. Yeah. And, and, shh. Your life's profession depends on a skill which you have. Yes. Like the music which, uh, Ida is singing. We have Danny Boy. The music. He's the music maker because you can hear it's like it's when we were in Jamaica, they thought there was a live band and people were running to come and listen. Yeah, it's like it's it's fantastic music, and it's a skill. It's, it's it's not something you know; it's a skill you have. So there comes a time where the skill you have is all that is in need, all that is that's what all that is in demand. What we need from you is your skill. Like I, I'm good at eyes. Like for instance. The disease that Steve Jobs had, cancer of the pancreas, head of the pancreas, you know. There's, a, there's, a, there's an operation. The pancreas is at the back. You have to operate from here and go all the way to the back. It's lying way at the back, behind so many things. Each one, when you disconnect it, how to reconnect it? And you think it's like pipe with a bolt and that, but it's, it is all soft things. When you disconnect this one, you have to reconnect, connect, reconnect, connect, reconnect. Go down. Operation can take, let's say, 12 hours. Yeah, when you lie down to the time you wake up at 12 hours, like start at 8 o'clock, you wake up in the night at 8 o'clock, they'll be operating on you, different teams of surgeons. Yeah. And that surgery, in America, you have the chance of waking up of less than 50% in most of the places, except in places where they have a great skill at doing it, and they do it often, at least 12 of them in a year. That means that every month, they're having one of such cases. But if, let's say, that that hospital, there may be only three in a year. It's when they operate, it's like, they, 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 may, they, may, they may not remember from last year's own. Yes. And It's a skill. So if it it's your skill, that is what is required at a point. What skill do you have? Like people go to do your hair. Some people are good at doing hair. Some people, when you do your hair, you come out, you look like a gully Some people are good at, they're good dressmakers. So at the point is, oh, I went to this dressmaking school. We don't care about the school you went to. We want somebody who will make the dress in a certain way. Whether you went to this school or America, whatever, it doesn't really matter to us. Same thing goes for food. You say, well, I went to uh, uh, Trinidad International Training School of House Cooking. Miami School Culinary Development Art School. Hey. Give us something that when we eat, we say, wow, I want more. We don't care the school that you went to. One day I had two people living in my house. Two people. Two people living in my house. One had been to a catering school. And one had not been to a catering school. And both of them claimed that they know how to cook. The one who, who claimed that you know how to cook has been to has been to a catering school and the one they're both of them one cook one both of them cook but so I tasted and I said never this catering school person must never never even toast bread for me I don't want even a slice of toast from this caterer never never. And I took the other one who has never been to a catering school and you should taste the food that this person is able to produce. Yes. One day I went to church and a caterer had made some food for the guests or people who had come. So when I saw the food, I said bring the food. I saw I look at it. And I called some of the people at work. I said, take this food, cover it, and keep it. I'm coming. When everybody has gone, call the people who made the food to come. <laughs> when they came, I said, Are you a ketra? We are a ketra. I said, You are a ketra. <laughs> look at look at the chicken you have made. The, the deep freezer water. You see, when the chicken is frozen, the water in the chicken is a deep freezer water. When you buy, I said bite it. Bite it. And you yourself will see. All your catering, whatever, is nonsense. Learn how to make nice food. I asked, look at the size of the chicken am I a Nephilim that you have given me this big piece of chicken? Do You know what is a Nephilim? A giant. So I showed them how to cut the chicken. I showed them how to season it. Oh yes. The caterers. So don't think to yourself I've been to Bible school. Don't think to yourself I've been appointed as a pastor. Think to yourself, have I developed the skill Like the skill of being a pastor or the skill of preaching. Like, am I good at preaching? It's a very important skill to develop. All through this world, people are looking for people with skills, not schools. Skills, not schools. Yes. So if you came together to Bible school, we are hoping that you got the skills. And not only the skills of preaching, but the skills of leadership. Yes, listen carefully to the Makanae. And listen, you see leaders, you see strength, decisions taken. Do you think we can have even one person in the Caribbean if we are not strong to say, go? Hey! It takes strength to send people out. Say, go. Go. Yeah. You wouldn't be here. So, several of you need to learn the skill. You'll be the best Guyanese preacher. Yeah. Is that how you say Guyanese? Is, this, is it correct, Guyanese? Uh. <laughs> yes, you'll be the best. Some of you, you are, you are hidden Guyanese preachers. Yeah. You are just hidden. But your gift is going to come out soon. Yeah. Wow. Is it fantastic? It's fantastic? Is it marvelous? It's marvelous. Develop the skill. How do you develop the skill? The way you develop the skill. You see, Peter, James, and John came out and became beautiful preachers. Because they had been with Jesus. When you are with somebody, you don't know how you learn the person's things. But it happens that you learn it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Over time, you find yourself behaving in the same way. Yeah. So the more you are with the preaching, like in the Makana, you have more relaxed, long term preaching. Nobody should hurry us up. You know, if you want short preaching, just come on Sunday morning. What day is today? Sunday. Today is Sunday. But then we've closed. So you can leave now. Let us pray. Let us pray. So those who want to leave can go. Those who want to leave can go. We've closed. We've closed. Normal church has closed now, so those who need normal church can leave. This is a camp. Yeah. Are you listening to me? Yes. So, stay. You can help. Preach that way, in a delicious way. You can help. Almost everywhere I have ever been invited, I've been invited again. That's the sign that your preaching was good. Yes, that's a sign that your preaching was good. From Singapore to Malaysia to here to there, even Korea. From the day that I was asked to speak when one of the speakers didn't come. Because I'm not an American. It's mostly Americans who are invited to speak. And certain people who were there at the very beginning. And basically Americans who are close, very close to Dr. Chu some of us came from the outer fringes brown trees without gifts just looking up to the oil of God and the grace of God to cover up for us how many are just like me born without gifts, giftless empty brown trees yes till the Holy Ghost comes on you and then somehow something can be made out of your life wow wow Every place I've preached, usually I'm I'm invited again. Come back. Want you to come back. Now I hardly have opportunity to go to anybody's church. Yeah, I'm now doing. I'm doing camps in our our own churches. Guyana, Mozambique, Swaziland, different places. Wow. Are you here, or you've decided to leave? What I'm talking about is expect great things from a life of preaching. The skill of preaching is the greatest skill a person can develop. Matthew 9, 34, go to it. Jesus went around preaching, teaching, healing. Amen. Preaching, teaching, healing. This is a great skill. Yes. Jesus went around preaching, teaching. 34, go to the end of Matthew 9. As a person, thirty-five. What is this? Yes, Jesus went about all the villages, teaching, preaching. Ah, preaching, teaching, healing every sickness. This is what Jesus went was doing. Like what was main? His main. Like what are you doing on let So you are going to earth to say to do what? You're going to set up the foundations of some schools. You're Going to set up a bank. You're going to set up an institution. Set up four universities. What are you going to do, sir? What are you going to do? Don't listen to any preacher who is making it sound like preaching and teaching about Jesus is like it's not really necessary, and it's not anything so important. No, these are backsliding people. Oh yeah, they're backsliding from the original work of Jesus Christ. Yes, you've got to be very sure of yourself, like I have a very high calling to say such things. I mean, like a calling that is so fantastic and wonderful that goes somehow out of the word of God. You know, when Paul said, I I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And you say that Jesus Christ, you are happy that you are not one of those pastors who is talking Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ is just a door. But the main thing is the prosperity and the other things we are going to get. Jesus Christ is just a door to all those things. Hey. You got to be careful. The, look, learn how to teach. Learn how to preach. It's a very important skill. I tell people are looking for good hairdressers, dressmakers, uh, salesmen, shoemakers, uh, plumbers, barbers. Like people with skills. All of life is ruled by people with singers. Good singer. Like Bob Malik could sing, could make songs, could write songs. So all those, that's the whole world that's looking for people with good skills. So when you come from Bible school and you think you have oh, passed exam and this passed I passed that, away with your exam, you, it, it has no value. It has no value. Am I using my certificates that I have from medical school? I'm not using it. I'm using my skill, the skill of preaching, teaching, and healing. Oh yes. Yes. And some people are not growing in that skill. You have to develop the skill. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because sometimes, you see, the way you are, like maybe you be like maybe a kind of a quiet person or like maybe you are naturally like a boring person. Like you even struggle to get a beloved. Do you understand? Like somebody had to talk to her to listen to you. Somebody had to convince her to follow you. You understand what I'm talking about? So you may be like a kind of a boring person. So when you start your preaching career, you realize that your boringness Is being transferred into the preaching. Yes, your inability even to get a beloved, talk to a girl and tell her, "Hi, baby. I miss you, baby. I love you, baby." your inability to talk to even a girl well somebody has to speak to a lady and say sister there is a certain brother he is a good person but he's unable to speak because he's deaf and dumb so will you like to marry him he's also a good person and and whenever i have to introduce people to such people i always tell them one very good thing about this guy do you want to know the one number one good thing about a, a brother? Are you sure you really want to know? Are you really sure you really want to know? The number one very good thing about a brother who has to be introduced and you can't even, he can't even come to you himself and doesn't even know how. The number one good thing about it is that when you marry him, he will still not know how to go and talk to another girl. that you are blocking the people at the back talk to the people at the back ask them that why, why are they sitting down are there, is there, is there, is there... ask them if there's any problem is there any problem Have water here. Yeah. Spray, spray all the people at the back. Spray the people at the back. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sit down. Great things from your preaching. Because your preaching is going to be like honey. Woo!
0: Sweet as thy words, sweeter than honey to my I understand more than the ancients Because I keep thy precepts How sweet are thy words Sweeter than honey to my mouth That I might keep Thy word, O oh Lord. I've not departed from Thy judgment, for Thou hast taught me how sweet are Thy word, sweeter than honey to my. I hate every false way. How sweet are thy words? Sweeter than honey. Honey, honey to my mouth. Honey, honey, I love
1: Join Ida's music. Now, number three or number four.